welcome to Astrology Talk. Um, I'm Christina Rodenbeck from The Oxford Astrologer, and I'm here with my friend and colleague Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com. Um, and as regular listeners know, we meet once a month to discuss the month behind, uh, the month ahead, the sign of the month, which happens to be Capricorn, and anything else that comes to mind. Um, so first we'll discuss uh, the month behind, I guess. That's what we usually do. And then we'll discuss the sign Capricorn. Of course, it's the festive season now, Sally. So are you feeling celebratory? I think I'm getting there, Christina. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just aware that we're moving into Mercury retrograde and there seem to be lots of glitches taking place already as we're recording this. But let's hope that's fine. But yes, Sagittarius season, it was very celebratory for me. And I went to a friend's celebration of life on the full moon in Gemini. So, I mean, he passed away on the eclipse the month before. And he was a Gemini and we celebrated his life on the full moon in Gemini. And actually it was lovely. I mean, there were tears, but there was a lot of love. There was a lot of laughter, um, you know, and it was that real celebration of, of of life. I mean, death is part of this, isn't it? It's the, we come out of Scorpio season, which teaches us about life, death, rebirth. Um, so yeah, and, and, and just have him in my heart a lot moving forward and a lot of lovely memories so so yes and then moving into Capricorn season but how about you Christina how's your month been well um <laughs> I would say that full moon was a real humdinger it was like uh not so much personally for me but for a lot of clients and for offspring etc um I did note it and think that people needed to be careful about what they said and not to get into arguments and there was quite a lot of arguing um, uh, and one thing I've actually noticed is that, uh, that I think that carried on into the, into December. And I noticed that there's a really big example of this going on in the States at the moment with the universities getting told off the university chancellors, uh, sorry, presidents, they're called in the States. In this country, they're called vice chancellors being ticked off for the language that they're using, uh, the anti-Semitic language that they're using in Congress. It's actually a war of words going on which I think is really interesting in Sagittarius um, season, which is Sagittarius rules, higher education. Um, it's, a, a, you know, things of, uh, you know, philosophy and things of the higher mind and the sharing of knowledge. These are, are Sagittarian themes. And of course, we have Mars and um, the sun and Sagittarius during the first uh, three weeks of December. Um, and there's a kind of hot, fiery argumentativeness about it, as well as this sort of um, celebratory feel. So I think that that is an interesting sort of example of it. Are we looking forward to Capricorns, the Capricorn season? What's your, what do you think about Capricorn, Sally? Well, I love Capricorns, actually. I mean, you know, working with astrology, there's there's always this myth around Capricorns that they're all the kind of um, briefcase carrying, suit wearing type of people. And yes, you know, when Pluto's been in Capricorn for 20 years, we've got these Plutocrats coming forward, like, you know, Jeff Bezos is the one who springs to mind. But I much prefer the kind of deeper, more shamanic type of Capricorn. Like, I mean, my favorite, absolute favorite is Patti Smith, whose music I loved when I was younger, and now her writing and her poetry. And she's just 
she's such a soulful. I mean, her soul is just so visible within her. And, and she's just who she is. You know, she's embracing aging as well as a woman, which is great to see um, and not trying to make herself look younger. And she has that spirit shine through. So that's the type of Capricorn I'm, I'm really kind of warm to, um, you know, the Patti Smith kind. Yeah. Or the David Bowie kind, um, of course, although he's dead, you know, we want them living. Or the Elvis kind. I mean, there are a lot of great musicians with uh, Capricorn Sun um, and actually other Capricorn placements. I always find that really interesting that uh, it's not particularly, you know, traditionally a sign associated with uh, the voice or the song, but actually there's this real earth, like Shirley Bassey is another one. You get a lot of people with these amazing voices that like, just seems to come from the depths. Um, yeah, I always think David Bowie is a really interesting example of that Capricorn Aquarius combination you know, very otherworldly, but actually very earthed as well. Um, and made a lot of money and was very good with money. I mean, there's a, I find in, you know, with Capricorns, sometimes it's like they got the script of life earlier than the rest of us, or or they understood it more clearly than the rest of us. Um, like they understand how things work more clearly and they know where they're going quite often. Um, and there's a kind of uh, mastery around Capricorn. It's it's the sign of cardinal. It's the cardinal sign, one of the cardinal signs. So that's Aries, Libra, Capricorn, and Cancer. But it's the Earth cardinal sign. Um, so it's directing us into midwinter. But it's a sign that shows shows a direction. Um, and I think that's really, I think I find those signs quite fascinating anyway, the cardinal signs and Capricorn in particular is a very strange one. It's a strange mixture. It's complex. Yeah, there is a, something about wisdom in it. I mean, I, I often think when you see Capricorn children, they're quite often, they really have got this old head on young shoulders. They kind of come into the world with wisdom and soul and spirit inherent within them. Um, and I think... You know, there is something about that. And then sometimes they get younger as they get older, almost. It's kind of then the life comes in. Um, so it is an interesting sign. But I do love this time of year. I mean, obviously, you know, we're being encouraged to kick back and take some time out um, for holiday season. And there's something about deep winter in the Northern Hemisphere that you want to, you know, you want to light candles, you want to hunker down and and even going out in nature, there's something about that, the snow and the cold of Capricorn season when it comes in fully cold that kind of holds you and encompasses you. And it's kind of, there's a coziness, there's, there's feeling held at this time, I think. Um, I know that may be not true for everyone. Sometimes it can feel like a lonely time of year. But I, I, there's something about that cold and that the light that comes, you know, finding the light in the dark that I find very kind of healing and, and comforting personally. So I like this time of year. Do you want to put the chart up for the uh, solstice then? Because that's the first thing that, that, you know, that happens in the coming season. And it's the 20, isn't it the exact entry of the moon into Capricorn? That's the 22nd, isn't it? Or am I hallucinating? Is it the 21st? Um yeah, I Capricorn season, I like it initially, and then I feel depressed in January, actually. I find January extremely difficult. I don't find February too easy either, frankly. 
Um, and I think that, you know, my solution to this over many, many years is, you know, to get out into the light as much as possible, to be in out, outdoors as much as possible. For my fellow sufferers of, you know, people who suffer from SAD, you could also say Capricorn season is slightly about hitting, you know, it's like you hit rock bottom and then you kind of are struggling out of that um, through through January or struggling through it, actually. You hit rock bottom and then you walk along the bottom for a while. And that's why we have to light the candles and everything is to keep, is to keep going in this very... Um, and it's an interesting time of year. I, th- I find it easier if there's... Uh, um, in snowy countries, if you're in the north, it's very hard here in England, where often that doesn't. There's no snow. It's just grey. It's like being in a, inside of a piece of Tupperware. Um, wow, I'm I'm re- cheering everybody up, right? Yeah. Okay, well, welcome to the season of Tupperware. But you can put your turkey in that as well. Your cold turkey. Um, oh. Here's the exciting solstice chart. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm going for the snowy scene. All right, the winter wonderland. We're having the winter wonderland. Choose your view at this time. I want to say good luck with that. And Hastings, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there won't be much yeah. of that. But uh, but I am There's going. There's not going to be snow. No, that well, there won't where I'm going either. <laughs> Let's yeah. Anyway, so yes, here we have the solstice chart, which does fall on the early hours of 22nd December in the UK. I mean, obviously the time will be different wherever you are in the world. Um, And the sun is at zero degrees Capricorn. Um, So just moving into the new season, starting the new season. And the solstice is lovely in a way, isn't it? You know, it doesn't mean sun stands still. So there's this, there's this balance going on and it's a time to sort of shift the balance. Um, We've got these short days that are slowly going to become longer at this pivotal point in the season. And it's a really lovely um, solstice chart, I think, personally. Well, looking at the, because there's a Sun-Mercury retrograde conjunction on it, which is this midway point of the Mercury retrograde. um, And it's called Kazemi in astrology. And there's often a little bit of magic in that. During this kind of potentially chaotic Mercury retrograde season, we get this little bit of ooh, magic, a bit of insight coming in. And it's really nice, I think, to be having that on the solstice. Yeah, it's it's sort of the day after, isn't it? That It's just coming into that thing. Yeah, I think it's an interesting solstice chart. It's actually the thing that really strikes me is A, that uh, Mercury-Sun conjunction nearly, but also the fact that the Sun is making a perfect trine to the moon or the moon is making a perfect trine to the sun in uh taurus so the moon is in taurus the sun is in capricorn this is an earthy trine um which suggests smoothness and the moon is making a conjunction to jupiter so that's an expansion of emotions but it's a it's a smooth expansion of emotions the in you know this chart is is um the one we're looking at uh set for UK is ruled by Pluto at 29 degrees of, it was ruled by Pluto and Mars because it's uh, got Scorpio rising, but we're coming in to, and this chart often describes the following three months because it's the opening chart for a season when you have a solstice or an equinox chart. So this gives a kind of overall view of what's the mood of this season? 
Um, and you could say, well, the sort of general, general, general mood is a kind of free flow it, um, but practical flow of emotions um, and possibly practical action as well. I mean, the, the and I think there's going to be a lot, there may be a lot around kind of money, actually, looking at uh, looking at this chart is, is a general thought on this. Um, and we're coming into this. It's an interesting time for Capricorns the coming month, right? Starting from the 22nd, because this is the last gasp of Pluto in Capricorn. And that's important for everyone. It's absolutely important for everyone. It's particularly important for those cardinal signs that I mentioned, and obviously particularly important for you, per anybody who's got anything in Capricorn or that Capricorn part of the sky for you, which is different depending on your ascendant usually. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? And you talk about the, I mean, we've got the sun, you know, on these charts, you look where the sun is and it's in the second house, which is the house of money. Um, and also the earth signs are often linked to work and money as well. So sun, Mercury retrograde in Capricorn in that trine aspect to moon Jupiter in Taurus. Um, and it's lovely to have a moon Jupiter conjunction as well. I think there is something very celebratory actually about this season we're moving into um, and we'll look more I mean Jupiter is so powerful actually particularly towards the end of December and moving into the beginning of 2024 it's the best planet it's you know it's um Jove jovial um he was the god Jove Jupiter so and and I like the fact that there's a moon Jupiter conjunction it's on the descendant of this chart so I think it's a reminder that you know what really matters is is being around people and you know and connecting with people um and finding those those sort of those connections with others and kind of making the most of life there is this you know jupiter encourages us to see the bright side you know to look for the um the silver lining so i'm i'm really happy with the the sort of this this nice earth sign flow um that's working out in this chart. And great for Taurus, <laughs> Moon-Jupiter conjunction. It's great for Taurus and it suggests, you know, three months you know, that, that are optimistic, right? Um, Taurus should be having, you know, they may have been in a bit of a trough. A certain Taurus I know very well has been in a bit of a trough, but you're definitely coming out of it in the few coming weeks. Um, the other thing that's notable about this chart and which um, influences the rest of the month as well um, is just the position of Saturn within all this, right? So Saturn uh, is the ruler of Capricorn, so it's an important planet at the moment, anyway. Um, so it's ruling, it's you know, it, and it's making a very good um, sextile with the Sun, and um, in the opposite direction, a sextile with Jupiter. So it's like right in, it's in the pivotal position between that Jupiter and um, the sun. And it suggests a certain amount of charity uh, is important. So basically Saturn in Pisces and Jupiter in Taurus are, Jupiter's a planet of being open-handed. Um, and Saturn is in Pisces, which is a sign of being open-handed. So I would suggest one of the feelings of the coming season is how can we make a practical difference in the world in a charitable way? 
So it's a very cool solstice, essentially. What do you think of Christmas Day itself, Sally? Mm, Well, I'm loving Christmas Day, Monday 25th, isn't it? 25th of December. Um, I like it because Venus is in Scorpio, (laughs) my star sign. Um, And it's in a lovely trine aspect to Neptune. So there's a Venus trine on Christmas Day, December 25th. And that's rather lovely, I think. I mean, it's, you know, that can be about Venus's love. It's also beauty. Um, So it's about enjoying things. There's a bit of an indulgent feel to a Venus-Neptune combination. It's also, you know, things are going to flow on that Venus-Neptune. There's Neptune rules wine, as we know. So there may be some, you know, festive fizz that's happening on the Christmas day as well. So it's potentially, and we don't always have a good aspect on Christmas day, it's potentially rather loving and smooth and flowing. That's my vibe. That's my general vibe on Christmas. Uh, Yeah, I think it's very harmonious, actually, partly also because of the uh, Jupiter, uh, the general, that general Jupiter Saturn sextile that's going on throughout this season. But then we have a really cool full moon, which I've just put up on the screen, uh, coming up on the 27th, um, which is a full moon in the sign of Cancer. Um, It's your annual full moon cancer um and again it's making very some very nice aspects particularly to saturn and jupiter you know so it's it's a it's an exciting it's a harmonious full moon the first harmonious lunation that we've had i think for months because they've all been you know firecrackers and this one has got a firecracker element to it still it's not stopped but kind of less emphatically because it's not a conjunction of it's not the sun and Mars together, it's Mercury and Mars together this time. So um, that suggests that for, um, you know, the uh, Mercury rules, you're going to have that, which is Gemini and Virgo. That's quite a, it's a fiery little number, this full moon. Um, But there's lots of ways to balance this. I think it's interesting what you were saying earlier. You were talking about, you know, that um, how the last month was quite argumentative. I mean, Mercury, Mars, Mercury communication, Mars sort of anger, passion. It still feels like I think there's going to be debates raging a bit. There could easily be arguments. Emotions are heightened on a full moon. And Mercury and Mars have kind of, you know, they came together at the end of October. They're together again now and they'll be together at the end of January. So because of Mercury's retrograde mode, they are kind of, you know, getting together quite a lot. And I do think there's, um, you know, we're all feeling quite heated out in the world. So I think that's what this Mercury Mars is about. So do be aware of that on this full moon. I mean, it's a lovely family oriented full moon, uh, moon in Cancer, you know, good for coming together with people, but highly likely with a Mercury Mars conjunction that there'll be different opinions going on, particularly, I would say, around beliefs, principles. So there's a lot of kind of heat and energy, too, in the in the full moon, the one that's coming on December 27th. Yeah, there's a lot of heat and energy, but still not as 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 um, I just don't think it's as, quite as bad. I think it's I mean, it's hard not to think about what's happening in um, the Holy Land, essentially, at this time of year. Um and what of the children it's what's happening to the children and mercury is the planet of children 
um, and there is a Mars Mercury conjunction. So, uh, you know, I think it's, I think we'll be thinking about them at the very least, what's happening to the children. And also, if you wanted to look at that uh, in an even broader way, there is the, the, it's, it's a full moon, but actually in opposition to the full moon is the Mars Mercury sun that combination of very hot energy. Luckily, it's a little bit wider. It's not so exact. It's not so precise. It's hopefully moving on a bit, but it's still this, the arrows are coming from Sagittarius. Um, so the question is, where do you look to, to take the heat off of that? And I think you can look to both Pisces and Taurus. Um, so there's this practical, charitable, practical generosity, practical help, um, coming from those two teacher planets um, to to you know support the the moon somewhat because this moon is like a little bit out on its own in Cancer so I think there's this harmonious side and then there's this this fiery element but also the fiery element is more minor planets so it's a matter of how we contain that yeah absolutely and you know it it's it's really important to say that. On this full moon, there's what really looks at you is the Jupiter, because the moon is going to a sextile with Jupiter and the sun is going to a trine aspect with Jupiter. And both aspects perfect on this during this full moon. And that is lovely. I mean, it's really lovely. We had that kind of signature a bit in the solstice chart and we've got it really strongly on this full moon and Jupiter is moving to turn direct on New Year's Eve as well. Great for partying, getting out and about. Um, but really look, therefore, to where Jupiter falls in your chart, because I think that's where there is hope, there's good fortune, potentially, there's growth expansion. So again, Taurians with Jupiter in your star sign, that's fantastic. I also think maybe for Aries and Libra, you know, you've got Jupiter falling in a money sector of your chart. So I don't know, there could be some gifting going on. There could be some charitable gestures or perhaps a bonus or gift coming in. So really, I think also on a personal level, look to what Jupiter is doing because it's so strong towards the end of December moving into 2024. It's actually doing what's called stationing, isn't it? It's standing still at this point because it's about to turn direct. So there's going to be this whoosh of Jupiter energy. So things are going to happen quickly, you know, and this is the other theme of this month ahead is that things are going to start happening very, very fast. Jupiter goes direct. Mercury goes direct. 31st of December. Uh, Mercury goes direct the 2nd of January. And as these two, they pull, they're already pulling around at this full moon. They're already getting ready to turn around and go direct into the future, into 2024. And they're racing ahead because Jupiter is now going to go really fast all the way through Taurus from now till May. It's going to be going quite fast, um, getting through that Taurus, getting churning up that Taurus energy, which is, you know, pra it's about practical change. Um, so absolutely, I agree about looking at where Jupiter falls in your chart. So for Scorpios, this is about relationships, you know, you're going to maybe new relationships will be coming in and you need to expand your kind of uh, social network um, or your network of, of one to one of friends, you know, your friendship network. And it's really powerful 
again, you know, so for the Scorpios, but also for the, the other water signs, Cancer and Pisces, you know, this is a really a very nice placement for Jupiter for you. And because Jupiter is turning and pulling forward that Saturn and Pisces as well, they're making, they're in this quite nice aspect to each other. As we start off January, it's like you can take some really practical steps, um, Pisces, and this is possibly to do with communications um, or something along those lines, maybe, you know, could be sibling relationships, you know, who knows, but it's something practical. Um, and with for Cancerians, it is those social, um, your, your network may be expanding. Um, so that it, for me, it feels like a very sort of sociable side for those water signs. I think it is a good time to, to really be social, actually, with Jupiter so strong, getting together with other people. I think that kind of brings a lot of um, grounding, a lot of emotional support, too. I do just want to say also, I think what's interesting about what's happening at the end of this year and beginning of the new year is that Mercury obviously turns direct, as we've said, on 2nd of January, um, depending where you are in the world. For some of you, it's on New Year's Day. And it turns direct at 20 degrees of Sagittarius, which is very, very close to where the new moon took place in Sagittarius on December the 12th. So that's great for kind of getting these new beginnings, getting them out there as the year begins. And for Sagittarius in particular, really good time to be setting intentions, speaking up, reconnecting with people, maybe for Libra too, because it's your communication sector. But there's this sense of kind of new beginnings kicking in um, at the start of the year. And actually, I kind of like the beginning of 2024 again. There's this, you know, sometimes when we get to the start of a new year, astrologically, it's saying, ooh, slow down, you know, take your time. But Mercury turns direct on the second and then Mars moves into Capricorn, where it's kind of strong, productive, effective. It can get things done. And that takes place on the 4th of January as well. So I think anything that's been bubbling away while Mercury's been retrograde really kind of gear up to restore energy, recharge your batteries, and then, you know, unleash things as, as January begins. So it feels very forward moving for me in some of the astrology. Yeah, no, a lot of the astrology. I agree with that because then we get to February and March and everything's direct. So there are some things that we're finishing off at this point, um, but there are definitely other things that are going forward. So it's like finish the stuff off as there may be some stuff that you also have to kind of drop, you know, think, I actually, I can't deal with that anymore. And this is to do with this. This is the end game, end, 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 the final gasp of Pluto in Capricorn. It goes back into Capricorn for six weeks in the autumn. But really, essentially, this is the end. And on the 29th of December, there's quite an important aspect between Venus in Scorpio um, and uh, Pluto and Capricorn. It's the last one, right? In fact, I think there may be one more in in the autumn um, when Venus is back in Scorpio. But it's a really important contact. As Pluto's leaving Scorpio, I mean, sorry, Capricorn, Venus makes this contact and it's, it's finishing off some stuff and it may be finishing off something for people who ruled by by Venus, so Taurus and Libra, maybe have, have, you have something important that needs 
completing and it may be a very very long chapter of your life that's started even into as far back as 2008 that there's this sense of a completion and that is liberating because it frees you into the future to to you know especially i'm i'm thinking about what an amazing moment it is for taurus because you've got this fantastic jupiter bursting forward and at the same time and just before that happens your own ruling planet makes a beautiful aspect to pluto and capricorn and it's like it's like instead of being frightful of fear or chased by monsters you you kind of befriend the monster and you get that dragon pulling your um chariot up into the sky nice i like that um and also, I think just as we're talking about, you know, for everyone, look at what Jupiter's doing. Also, look at where Pluto is in your horoscope, because this is a really pivotal, important period. I mean, Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008. And it is, you know, it is really started moving out of Capricorn last year um, from March uh, to June 20, 2023. Last year, I'm confused now. <laughs> this year when we're speaking, but if you're listening in 2024, it's last year. So March to June 2023, Pluto moved into Aquarius. But there is something completing and finishing. So think of that with Pluto. But I also want to sort of kind of bring out the side of Pluto that is transformational. You know, what needs to be transformed as well? And kind of I'm thinking also, particularly for Cancers at this, you know, when the full moon's happening, you've got Pluto in your relationship sector. So, and with that Venus Pluto, Venus ruling relationships, what needs to be transformed to really improve an important relationship in your life? So with Pluto, I think you can look at it as, as bringing things to an end, completing things, but it could be, how do I need to turn something on its head, transform it? How can I make this better or more powerful? by really getting hold of it, turning it around. So looking at using Pluto in, in different ways as it makes this really important transition out of Capricorn. I really agree with that, actually. Um, I think that um, Pluto, if you think of it as like a dragon, okay, or a phoenix, as something that is big and dangerous, maybe, maybe a phoenix isn't so dangerous, but it's something that a phoenix rises from the ashes and is remade, and that is a plutonic thing: is to be, is to reemerge. You think it's dead, and it reemerges. And it's what's happening is that Pluto is going from an Earth sign into an air sign, and that's why I keep on thinking of this dragon that is suddenly airborne. You know, a dragon has, live, has been living in the mountain like smog, on lying on his pile of gold, right? which is all of our plutocrats lying on their pile of gold. And he's going to come out and he's going to fly. So, oh my goodness, maybe Elon Musk will actually go to Mars. Wouldn't that be great just to send them all off to Mars? But that's the transformation that we're seeing is what has wings? You know, what? what is it? that? And I also think that Pluto is, a, is often, when you have a Pluto transit, it's about having a new skin, like willingly leaves it, leaving something behind. You have to shed the skin. And this won't be true for every single person on the planet, but definitely if it's true, it will affect you more if you have things in, in late 
Capricorn or late Cancer, um, or really most of the signs, something very late there will be affected by it. And it may only be one corner of your life where you feel this, but it is a shedding of the skin and the shedding of some kind of weight um, and a, a release, trans this transformation. And we're feeling it coming now. So as with all astrology, you can't say, oh, it's all going to be about this or all going to be about that next month. Um, because Mars goes into Capricorn on the 4th of January. Venus will go into Capricorn on the 23rd of January once Pluto's left. So there's still quite a little bit, there's a little bit of work to do around there. But meanwhile, in another area of your life, all that Jupiter energy is taking off and even the Merc Mercury is taking off. Although Mercury will be coming into, back into Capricorn too. So there's still that finishing off element. So you've got to have, you know, one, one horse is going really fast in one way and one horse may be stalling. So you need to kind of get the two going together. Gosh, I keep on having these chariot images. <laughs> so what do we think about the, we should have a look at that um, new moon on the 11th. Yeah, I mean, this new moon is, again, what I like about this new moon, a bit like the full moon, its main aspect was to Jupiter. This new moon, um, the sun and moon are connecting quite closely to Uranus and Taurus. So, you know, it does feel like we're in new moon territory now where we can actually press go and get things moving. Um, and we've got this really interesting kind of, um, well, I don't even know the word for it. It's a bit like there's so much moving forward in Capricorn, new moon Capricorn. You've got Mars there, the planet of action, drive, ambition. Mercury, communication planet, is going back into Capricorn uh, a couple of days later on the 14th of Jan. So it's kind of like, go, 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 be impulsive, set intentions, get things moving. Great for Capricorn. And then you get this sort of shadow, don't you? You get the shadow of Pluto again at 29 Capricorn. This new moon's at 20. It's not conjunct, but both the moon and the sun have got to move through Pluto before they can, you know, move off into Aquarius. Um, so it's a really interesting kind of symbolic new moon, I think. It is like, you know, you've got to push to get things started and maybe um, find find a new perspective or a new attitude, a new way of looking things wherever Capricorn is in your horoscope. So really interesting new moon for Capricorn. But there's still that Pluto to encounter one final time. And that actually takes place, I think, on the 20th of January. So just, you know, working with this new moon, it's quite complex uh, new moon energy. What do you think about it, Christina? I Yeah, I think it's complex. I think it's really interesting that the new moon is a conjunction of the sun and the moon, obviously. And that happens at 20 degrees. But also the moon moves a lot faster than the sun. Right. So the moon will then go and make a conjunction to Pluto within, you know, a few that the, that day um, and then move on. And then the sun will make a conjunction to Pluto on the 20th of January. So we've got this week right from the 11th of January. It's more than a week, nine days to the 20th of January, where, which is quite a plutonic week. And at the same time. That new moon, so that's the sun and the moon at 20 degrees, 
is actually on an interestingly, it's just coming away from a trine aspect to Uranus. And so I think, and and these are both in Earth signs, right? So Uranus and Pluto are both in these earthy signs. I think it's really interesting if you got Pluto-Uranus aspects in your own chart, right? So this is, for example, anyone born in the mid-60s will have the conjunction. And if you have that conjunction or you have something like that, this may be stimulated, actually. So when you ha- so you're getting both. So this, the new moon is coming from Uranus towards Pluto, right? That's what's happening from the planet of change and disruption to the planet of transfer, a planet that is about transformation. So I think this is a very transformative period between the new moon and the exit of Pluto from Capricorn. And there may be quite a lot that transforms. And I think my advice is that you don't have control over this. You don't have control. These are huge, massive planetary things. So just go with the flow. You have to be prepared for change at this point and say yes to opportunity. Things that may come in out of the blue, you know, because this is a Uranian kind of energy that we've got. It's Uranus um, busy at this new moon. It's Uranian energy. So be prepared for stuff to come in out of the blue. And also for me, I don't always think that new moons are, as you know, are starting times. I think it's the day after or the day after that, because the moon has to make the conjunction with Pluto, which is also one of the planets of the, it's the planet of the underworld, right? So this is also maybe a a new moon for saying, right, I'm not doing that now. I cannot, like I was saying before, there's this something about the Pluto, which is often about letting stuff go, that you really can't, that's just, you know, you can't carry on looking after this relationship, for example. Um, and you have to just leave it behind and be prepared to step into a new life, a new skin. And we would say Cancerians in particular, about that's about relationships, but also other signs, you know, um, that there's this, there's this feeling of invigoration. It feels very invigorating, this new mood new moon and the week, the nine days afterwards, and even more than that, because then Pluto goes into Aquarius. And that's very invigorating. That's like I was saying, you get wings with that. Um, So this is, I feel that this is a very transformative period in the middle of the month. Um, And just see what comes in without, you know, making the mistake of thinking that you've got the control because you don't, sorry, outer planets. These are transpersonal planets. Um, you can just hang on to their little ankles as they're going past. That's what we kind of hope to do. We hope to grab the spirit of the time. You know, um, we hope to, I'm just imagining, I'm still back on my dragon, right? I'm imagining holding on to the dragon's ankles. Yes, take me. I want to say something else here because um, I, 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 all I can look at when you're talking about this, and maybe this is because, you know, Sun Scorpio, Aries Ascendant, but I'm looking at that Mars, <laughs> So, you know, and it is, again, it's going to a lucky trine aspect with Jupiter. And and for me, I'm kind of thinking, mm, well, I think the Mars types, you know, the Mars ruled signs, Aries, Scorpio, perhaps Capricorn as well. We actually think we've got control right now. You don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> OK, let's see, Christina. <laughs> you can grab the spirit of the time. You can yeah. go with the spirit of the time. but And you can maybe... Um, yes, maybe you, you think you do, but you're just going, it's, 
it's understanding the spirit of the time. This very astrological uh, um, discussion actually is what is what is the point of astrology and how much control do we really have? Uh, what what we have is is the what say from me from my point of view what astrology gives us is the ability to read the spirit of the time and and go with that rather than fight against it. Um, and I don't believe that you ever ha- really have that much control. You can make choices that are guided by the spirit of the time. Yes, I agree. And, and I think it's about aligning yourself with the spirit of the time. So because for me, Mars is so strong during this new moon, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a bit ballsy, bit ballsy, bit courageous. You know, for Aries, it's in your career sector, Capricorn. For Scorpio, it's about words have power. Um, and Capricorn, you're just the plutocrat in this new moon. So, in, you know, in some areas of life, it's I think it's a time to be ballsy. I agree with that. So we don't disagree. That is about taking the spirit of the time and grabbing the ankles of the dragon. If that's not brave, then nothing is, you know, to be, but, but you're pulled along by it. Um, you, you know, you're just the, the little human <laughs> being carried along. Yeah, and this, you know, this, that's, I mean, there's the whole other talk around fate and free will then, isn't there? You know, there's, I mean, interesting that I've just been out to India where um, it's it's all about destiny and, and allowing life and fate to unfold. Whereas I think often here in the West, we are more, you know, we're aligned with this whole um, manifesting and, and, and cr- creating um, this, you know, we want to feel that we can kind of maneuver our fate more, don't we? I mean, that's, I think, a very Western thing. So this fate-free will combination, I think it's it's fair enough to kind of, you know, weigh them up in both hands a little bit. I like this term, the term co-creation, yeah, which is something that I think Stephen Forrest uses a lot. It's your, and um, gosh, some of those uh, Californian, um, I was going to say this Californian hippie type, astrologers who I like, this idea that you're co-creating. Um, and I, 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 I go with that, the co-creation. Um, but I think there are levels and levels and levels of it. So when you have a, an outer planetary transit, it's, you know, you could be knocked sideways by that, you know, and, and you're co-creating away and it ain't happening. You know what I mean? And actually, uh, we're in a, of course, we're in a privileged position, aren't we? You know, it's all very well to talk about fate and free will if we're uh, comfortably sitting in our living rooms here. Whereas if you're, you know, um, if you have no choices in your life, uh, you know, if you're a rickshaw driver in Calcutta, um, you know, that, speaking of India, you know, you haven't really got the choices so you're you are in this you know you really are at the hands of destiny in a way um and and that's quite interesting is to be talking about in this capricorn season because capricorn is one of those signs which does seem to have quite not always not forever but sometimes capricorns do seem to have more control over their fate than some of the other signs um because they and they because they want to get into this place of mastery, um, and that's again why this is a, a an interestingly shamanic sign uh, is because of that that the interest in power 
you know, and, and the exercise of power. That's a Capricornian thing. And when we're thinking about what Pluto has been doing in Capricorn is that there's been the exercise of power through massive amounts of money. That's what's been happening with Pluto and Capricorn. Um, and next we're going to have Pluto going into Aquarius, which is a very different kind of, it's powerful, but it's different. So I think that when you're thinking about astrology, it's always important to know your own context, right? So we may have the same chart as, uh, as you know, someone down the road or whatever, but their context can be so different that they don't have the choices that you might have. And it's a very huge privilege to have these choices. And that's so important to understand in this season of uh, in the in the season of of the festive season, I keep on calling it that. It's also it's a festive season. It's also a holy season in this holy season around in many parts of the world, right? So we have the um, the solstice, and then we have Christmas, and then we have uh, Eastern Christmas, which is the sixth of January. You know, and the 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 time of the you know we think about the bringing of gifts. Um, and what does that what does that gift giving mean uh, at this at this point in, in in the year in the in this circle of the year? What is that gift giving about? And what are the what are the kings bringing to the baby Jesus? What are the fairies bring to Sleeping Beauty? What is being brought? What is being gifted to to you? And that's where you take. And that's what I'm talking about. Is this is a gift, right? And astrology itself is an incredible gift from us to you and and also from you to us because you respond and it's great. Um, and I know a lot of you are very competent astrologers, a lot of the listeners to this show. Um, and Uranus is the planet of astrology, right? It's one of these astrological planets because, of course, there were previous. So Uranus is making this trine to the new moon and it's like, what are you – I would say, what are you doing with this astrological knowledge that you're going? To, that's going to that that's good, you know that that takes you into this into the future. That's transformative. That's going to transform the Pluto. Yeah, I mean, very deep and profound. We got there, Christina. I am profound. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's and and interesting what you're saying. There's so many different things came in when you were talking there. I mean, this is. On some level, this is the season of goodwill, isn't it? The festive season. It is the season of gifting. So partly I just think, you know, we're gifting astrology to others, but also for everyone out there, what's what's your gift that you can bring to the world and bring to the other people? I think it's really lovely to be thinking of that at this time of year. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm incredibly grateful for the insight of astrology. So grateful for it. I think my life would be really quite colorless and, and and dark without it actually i do think you know astrology language of the stars it brings the light into the dark so you know there's maybe at this new moon as well like you say you know there's this uranus is pinging there it's pinging isn't it in the dark we've got pluto god of the underworld the dark and uranus is bringing this light this insight and it's so it makes life so much more richer and meaningful. And this is also what the season is about, isn't it? It's about the bringing of gifts, the, ma the magi, they bring their gifts. The magi are literally astrologers, guys. 
right? So they're these Uranian people. And when, and one of the reasons I'm really talking about this is because of that Saturn in Pisces. There is no greater symbol of the Magi coming to see the baby Jesus than Saturn in Pisces. These are the wise men. That's the Saturnian thing is wisdom. And they're in the sign of of the Christ. Of They're in the sign of this most spiritual sign. Um, and there they are. And they are walking across the sky for the next couple of years, happily, and making these beautiful contacts in this season. Um, and I know I keep on going back to the war in the Holy Land, but I think that is extraordinary that this terrible conflict is unleashing against, you know, it seems to be mainly women and children who are suffering, the families that are suffering at this, at this very, um, at this moment in, in history. Uh, and that has, it's got profound meaning. Yeah, at this holy time of year. I mean, this is, you know. <laughs> you know, Bethlehem, what's, you know, what is going to be happening in Bethlehem at this moment um, where they will be celebrating the Christmases, of course, because all the, you know, the Eastern Orthodox and all that. Um, what's happening there? And the new moon is a, is a moment of great fragility because it's the, the new moon, right? The dark of the moon. And where, as the moon emerges into its crescent is probably when it's going to be making, starting to make that conjunction to Pluto, um, which is that, you know, the child, the young child coming forth. Um, so there is a very, it's like a dangerous moment, that birth canal moment but it's also profound. Yeah, the gift of birth. Well, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, I said, here we are. It is, astrology is amazing. And I hope that it does bring out profound thoughts as well as like, who am I compatible with? You know, who's my next boyfriend? <laughs> I hope it makes you think about the web of life um, and that's, I think, one of the things that we will all be contemplating as in this amazing beginning to 2024. Yeah, it really is quite amazing astrology. And for me, you know, this astrology deepens connection with self, but it also deepens connection with the universe. So I hope you'll enjoy this podcast, listening to our first one of 2024, the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. And join us as we move forward debating more about the sublime the ridiculous sometimes because you know <laughs> that's life but but yeah bringing some profundity to astrology too so thank you merry christmas merry christmas see you in 2024 bye